Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, August 19th, 2021. I am Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm arts and culture writer, Ashley Steves. As always, make sure that you're on our Patreon for Broadway Radio. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio because um, we'll talk about it later. But Ashley and I had some words for oh, our Patreon oh, people. Oh, yes. We always like, have some words. Good words. Good words good that you want to Joyous be words. there for. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ashley is uh, just returning from, uh, from a very exciting week away not even a week i was gone uh <laughs> from monday at 3 30 till wednesday at two so it anytime was about- you do a theme park you've had a week away <laughs> that's very okay. true that is very true yeah i i did a little wasp country connecticut trip with a couple of friends oh, you did the thing like park. i did a couple weeks ago with the agunquit yeah exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> you, you too you have seen wasp country lately so you know well um but yeah it's a good time and i am perpetually tired for the rest of the week now as a result so that's cool oh yeah yeah, yeah. rest up because there's oh, uh, more to come. Oh, I don't know. I hope yeah, not. Sure. I mean, uh, <laughs> why not? <laughs> we've all been glued to our phones the past two uh, day uh, week. So we'll talk about it later yeah, in the show. But yeah, we, we do want to give you an update on Lynn Nottage's latest play, Clyde's, because we've been very excited about this yeah. whole thing. So another cast member was added today, joining Uzo Adoba, Ron Cephas Jones, Reza Salazar, and Kara Young, who, you know, famously, Ashley and I love uh, Kara Young. Yes. <laughs> obsessed with Kara Young. Um, is Edmund Donovan. He was most recently seen in Greater Clements at Lincoln Center, for which he won a Drama Desk, Lucille Lortel, Outer, Outer Critics Circle, and Obie Award. So, so I'm just saying. A little bit of recognition. Yeah. Little, let's like toss it that way. You know? yeah. So Clyde's begins previews November 3rd at Second Stage's Broadway home, the Hayes Theater. Again, I'm super excited about this play. Yeah. Knowing that this guy is going to be involved. Fabulous. Yeah, definitely. I've been really excited for, about this because I guess it's is it a sequel to Sweat? Is it like a sister play to Sweat? I thought that's essentially. I, I don't think it's I a thought, sequel. I think it's like part of a series, essentially. Yeah, because the whole the premise of Clyde's is like it's a deli counter, yeah. uh, like off of a bus stop, and then the the kitchen staff is incarcerated people's. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 So. so yeah. Yeah, but I mean, for as great as Sweat was, like any yeah. even tangential follow up to that is as yeah. happy as I will ever be. I didn't get to see Greater Clements; it uh, slipped under my not mm-hmm. necessarily. I can't say it slipped under my radar because I was planning on going, and it just I'm didn't like because you know happening. about this stuff, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, slipped under my radar. Even though it's literally my job to care, um, but I know Edmund is great. Uh, this entire cast is great, as you already uh, read off the list. And we've talked about how much, as you said, we love Carrie Young and Uzo Aduba several times on this show. We should just make it this podcast all about them <laughs> for this matter. Uh, but yeah, very, very excited for this. Uh, I forgot when it opens November, right? Yeah. Um, and it's funny because, again, this is yeah. Lynn Nottage's second play to open on Broadway coming up, yeah. which is wild to yeah. think about. I mean, I very never thought we'd be crazy. like kind of groany about that kind of statement but we, we are just because it's because it's nah, mj so i'm uh, eager to see what that means yeah me too november 22nd that is the november opening. 22nd yeah happy get thanksgiving your t- get your tickets now that's my partner's birthday oh <gasps> yeah happy birthday <laughs> clients and partners there we go 
<laughs> I'll take uh, the Misty Clyde. How about that? On a Monday, enough. I guess. On a Monday, no less. All right. So I, I actually couldn't believe this because I was under the impression that Songs for a New World is famously like four person cast, but new, yeah. yeah, but New City Music Theater's production of Songs for a New World is again August 26th at 7 30 p.m. at Radial Park at Hallett's Point which I have thoughts about. Um, mm. No shade to New City Music Theater, but deaf shade to radio. Um, so they've they've completed more of their cast list. Completing the cast for Jason Robert Brown's classic is Anastasia and Carrie co-stars Christy Altamar and there Derek Klena. There we go. Shireen Pimenta. Because I know, I was like, some of you don't know. They were in Carrie together. <laughs> I'm just saying, Carrie MCC at the L- Lortel Theater. Yeah, wasn't it there? The yeah. Anyways, uh, Shireen Pimentel again is involved. Sierra Renee, Bonnie Milligan, Kyle Taylor Parker, who you and I, we love Kyle's love album. Love KTP. Yeah. KTP is currently friend of, the show. friend of the pod. And also Kyle Taylor Parker, besides his incredible album and single that was recently, recently released, he is doing a solo concert series at a gunquit this weekend. I saw so, that. I saw yeah. that on the Instagram and I was very surprised and jealous that I couldn't be there. Yeah. I, I again, would hear him sing anything. Uh, kinky, they released a video of him doing Kinky Boots again. Yeah. And I was just like, yes, go off. I love you. Truly a perfect <laughs> singer. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited that he's involved in, in Songs for a New World. But also, Come From Away, Tony nominee. We had previously reported about this. But <laughs> and Jen Colella. wife. And Ashley's wife, Jen Colella, <laughs> has now withdrawn from the company, citing what? personal reasons. I missed that. Yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs> I figured. I was well, like, I don't know if you knew this part. Well, I missed that. Well, I yeah. have, to, have to work that night anyway, so I couldn't get to go see it. But... <sighs> yeah, Telly Leung, Michael James Scott, both Aladdin alums, Nancy Opal, Bree Jackson, Mark G. Dalio, and Heath Saunders, plus a whole dance ensemble. Like, there's tons of people that have been added to this cast, and I was just like, hold so on. Good. Songs for a damn new world. <laughs> it's, a, it's a damn new cast. It's a damn new world for this yeah. Songs from a New World cast. It's I see a brand new good. you. <laughs> Ooh, yes. It's a Robert Brown Yes, all abound. It, this is very good. I lo- love, love, love Songs from a New World, and I'm really sad, regardless of Jen Colella's involvement or not, uh, I'm really sad I don't get to see this. It's, <laughs> to be fair, it's such a trek to get to that venue. Well, uh, I wish it wasn't. But if any alas. of our listeners are in um, South Georgia or mid Georgia this week, they start Songs for New World at Megan Little Theater. So if you oh, can't go hello. to Radio Park, there you go. I'm saying it would be easier for me to get there than it would be to get, for me to get to Radio Park. So you're 100 right. Do that. Yeah, I'm. I may be taking the two and a half hour drive down to the south. Mm. So. The Brooks Atkinson Theater box office, thanks to Ashley sending me this because I wish I could be there, but it is now open for the Broadway production of Six. The show is going to resume performances, you guys know, Friday, September 17th, but they're having, they're finally having their opening night. Again, they did not get to open pre-pandemic, so they're finally getting to do that on October 3rd to celebrate the tickets going on sale at the box office. Treats from Queens Yard Restaurant, Cafe, and Bar will be given out at the box office for a limited time starting at 10 a.m. tomorrow, 
Thursday. So for this show right now, 10 a.m. Thursday, August 19th, while supplies last. If you are in the area, get there. Get on it. And if you're listening to this after 10 a.m., you may have already missed some tickets because we know how hot the show is going to be when it comes back. Yeah, big bummer. All right, before we get into the rest of the news, let's take a moment to talk about Patreon. So Patreon, as we said earlier, Ashley and I have some great words for it because she and I and Matt got to record a special Patreon-only exclusive episode regarding Schmigadoon and all these other... Mega and Dune. Dune. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get our inside jokes until you listen to it. Much like our our private text thread. Oh, you'll never get on that, though. I'm sorry to say. (laughs) Not enough money in the world. We have so much going on on our Patreon, and that's the thing that we want to remind you guys of is that that's the reason that we're here. That's the reason we're able to do all this great stuff is that we're able to promote, see, review all the content that you want, but exclusively for our Patreon listeners. Definitely. And you said review. We're going to have so much stuff coming up as shows start to open. That includes... Broadway shows. Uh, we'll probably not like. Well, we do opening re- opening night reviews. We might talk about a little bit about that. But I feel like we have an opportunity to get a little spoilery and in depth depth over on our Patreon. So that's certainly something to sign up for if you're looking for show information that you probably can't get anywhere else. Because most reviews don't like to spoil stuff. I like to spoil stuff. <laughs> She's like, I've got the spoils. I'll tell you everything. (laughs) Yeah. But Jan's next episode of All the Drama is being released on Patreon only this Saturday, August 21st. And this episode focuses predominantly on the 1989 Pulitzer Prize winner in drama, The Heidi Chronicles. Again, it's going to be released to everyone else, the public, in, I believe, September 3rd. But uh, yeah, you can only get that if you're on our Patreon. So we highly recommend that you do that. You got to do it. It's how we're able to keep going. And also, uh, it's good content. You're wanting to know about Schmiga and Dune. I know you are. So, so true. (laughs) All right, so let's get back into the fact that like we do have to bring up some Twitterverse drama. <sighs> I hate to be that we are not that pod. We're and yet social we media. We need like a Twitter section, apparently a segment for every single show from now on. Just yeah. like what's the nonsense, nonsense anti-vax or whatever drama that happened. And here we are. So we are unfortunately, uh, Tanya Pinkett has come into some controversy because of something that they put on Javier Munoz's uh, Twitter thread about an open letter that he wrote to Laura Osnes, which was honestly yeah. like a really well-worded, yeah. um, I want to say article, but letter uh, regarding yeah, it was vaccination. Like an open letter. Yeah, but also like you guys should go read it. I'm not going to read it word for word, but the, the takeaway is that he was basically encouraging her to consider getting vaccinated and um, to do it for the greater good. Uh, Javier, again, is is famously HIV positive. He's talked a lot about, you know, his struggles with being immunocompromised, especially right. during this time of quarantine. Tanya responded to his open letter saying, read your read your letter. If Laura Osnes dies from vaccine, you wouldn't care. Or is your comfort more important than her sovereignty? <laughs> Which was a hard groan from the theater community because it was really disappointing. You know, Tanya is someone that we really respect and, and we've honored her for so many years, especially in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, this was pretty disappointing to say that like 
uh, Javier, who was so carefully worded in the in this in this letter, was being uh, negligent or flippant, and and just the idea that he was being comfortable. Like, is your comfort more important? His comfort as an that HIV is, yes, positive exactly. uh, human? No, he's not comfortable. And so his response to all that, we're including in the show notes as well. Incredibly frustrating um, for so many reasons. One of the reasons being that uh, we love Tanya Pinkins. We've talked about her a lot over the past year because she's done things for like Broadway Advocacy Coalition and like We See You American, White American Theater. Um, I got and, to talk to her at BroadwayCon. I did a panel yeah. with her just a few months ago with her and Anthony Rapp talking about, yeah. you know, what this means in this time. And, and I didn't put two and two together. <laughs> well, and it's like everything that she has said over the past, you know, let's say 15, 16 months has been just so beautifully worded and inspiring and mm-hmm. thorough. So to see her come like out of nowhere and respond to Javi's tweets like this in terms of like, I'm essentially saying, I'm sorry that you think your comfort is more important than her freedom. Using the word sovereignty is already like, that's a choice. But like yeah. describing this as comfort and talking to an immunocompromised person, uh, is is certainly the worst possible path that you could have gone down. I don't like I don't I feel I feel incredibly conflicted about this because I like her so much and it seems so far out of left field. And as you said, like this was it's not like Javier was like his open letter was antagonistic. It wasn't, no. you know, overly judgmental. Uh, it was, you know, beautifully worded, I think. And it, for that matter, fairly forgiving. I think a lot of people in the Broadway community, especially those who have worked with us, Os- Osnes are pretty not forgiving of her decision, but forgiving in the sense of, if you get the vaccine, <laughs> yeah. we're not going to hold this past shit against you. Like, we want you yeah. to make the right choice. We're not going to blacklist you from the industry if you decide to get the vaccine. We want you to do this. I've seen this a lot is different of this. than someone who has been abusive to people. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that we have to, like, remember that, like, we are all learning all the time and sure. and we're hoping that the more we talk about this the the you know they'll they'll learn something and change and and hopefully definitely. yeah so definitely so her responding in what felt like i don't want to say it was an antagonistic way but it felt i don't know i don't know the word for it i guess it was antagonistic but it it felt like it was watering down his point so much on this that it yeah. honestly shocked me. And he had a really lovely response as well. He essentially wrote another open letter um, to Tanya Pinkins saying... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It says, like, lastly, you are an artist and activist whom I deeply respect and admire. That's what we're just talking about. Yeah. Um, I've personally drawn strength and courage from hearing you speak publicly and your presence in our industry has at times kept me going. I thank you for sharing. Like, it, it was such an open dialogue and talking about how like yeah. no absolutely he would not be that's, happy <laughs> that's a really that's a really good way to put it in saying that it's an open dialogue and why why i think 
I think that's where I was trying to get with it and not feeling like it was antagonistic, but I, right. I feel like it was, he opened up a dialogue and she immediately shut it down in talking about like, this is the right of the individual, which is not. And we've said it many, many times. It's not the right of the individual when we're talking about public health. Uh, it's partially the right of the individual, but the right of the individual de- depends on the greater good as well. Um, so it's, it was so strange to see that when we've had so many conversations and she's had so many conversations over the past year and a half in terms of the greater good and in terms of community and in terms of open discussion uh, to see her kind of shut down that conversation so quickly. That was frustrating. So we'll, we'll continue to kind of monitor it because again, these are really heavy hitters in the theater community and like what they say matters. And, and, uh, so yeah, we're, we're hoping that they continue to use their platforms for, for good. <sighs> sure. Mm. So I do want to bring up one of Ashley's favorite people, which is Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, so God. finally. Some positive West End news for Andrew Lloyd Webber's new Cinderella. It has opened as of August 18th after an opening night of July 20th was canceled due to a member of the production testing positive for COVID-19. So there you go. He did it. Wahoo. Yeah, he did it, Joe. He did it, Joe. So in one of the major theater hubs of the United States, an agreement across the board for 65 plus performing arts venues and producers throughout Chicago will now require audience members to provide proof of vaccination or negative test certification uh, beginning September 1st. The group policy will continue through the end of the year uh, for all of their indoor shows and attendees are required to still wear masks. I'm happy about this. I'll actually be there post Thanksgiving enjoying a ton of Chicago theater. Hopefully, fingers crossed, doing my show at a theater. Yes, we're talking about it. So um, I'm happy that they're taking care of this. I, I, every time I hear something like this, I'm like, okay, cool. I feel safer. So um, sure. yeah, 65 plus performing arts venues. So that's huge. I mean, Chicago's such a big Very theater hub. So. This is like one of the title theaters talking about this was Goodman. And so once they set the mm. precedent, everybody follows suit. That's definitely what I was going to say. Of, and, and, you know, having a city this big and having that many venues say that, no, this is required is absolutely setting a precedent for other big ci- cities, especially w- ones that want to compete with theater in the same level as like New York and Chicago. Exactly. I mean, let's, these are all of our, uh, you know, siblings essentially. So we have to, we have to follow suit. And I mean, you guys know, like their pregame in Chicago for uh, Paradise Square is in, yeah. you know, the fall of uh, this year in Chicago before they come to Broadway next year. So everybody's doing, they're out of towns. They're working on the notebook. I'm trying to see it all, to be frank. You got to uh, see it all. I will. And I will. So in a beautiful article that I know Ashley read on the train and I read in my home uh, by Adam Feldman, he corresponds with COVID survivor and Tony nominee and Prince of Our Hearts, Danny Burstein, in this timeout article that we're linking to you guys as a recommendation because it's it's really lovely and, and helpful and insightful. And they do. He does ask Danny about Laura Osnes. He does. And I was thinking, (laughs) uh, I was actually thinking about that when we were talking about Tanya. And that's essentially what I was referencing ahead of the point of, you know, a lot of people in the community saying, we're not going to hold this against you. We hope you do the, as long as you do the right thing. And Danny essentially said that. It's like, I hope she makes the right decision because we don't want to see her kicked out of this industry forever if she is hopefully going to have a change of heart. But yeah, this is a really lovely piece. I always, 
you know, I've been reading everything that Danny's written since yeah. his COVID diagnosis and since the death of Rebecca. And like the um, Hollywood Reporter article, yeah, right? God, oh, yeah. I think, God. Had, I think he had two guest uh, columns there, mm-hmm. um, you know, one right after he got out of the hospital and everything since he quite literally nearly died in the hospital from COVID, yeah. which he talks about in this piece as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is apparently the first of a series that Adam Feldman is doing as far as like back to Broadway and yes. uh, how people are kind of preparing for that. I'm really glad that he went with Danny first. Yep. Uh, I've been thinking about him a lot, especially yeah. since uh, Rebecca's death, um, which continues to break my heart. And I'm sure obviously same with him and his family. I've probably <laughs> of performers. I've probably seen him most on stage. I, I love really? him. I love him so much. It's a travesty. Yeah. He doesn't have a Tony yet, though he better soon. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I have thoughts yeah, on Moulin already- Rouge, but I would love to see it again just because of him. Yeah, that's the thing is that like he's already not gotten his Tony for the roles he should have gotten it for, but he's incredible Steve in every Fiddler role he does. And Drazi Chaperone. Yeah, I would love to. Didn't didn't am I crazy? Didn't I see him in Cabaret? Yes, of course you saw him in Cabaret. Okay, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! It was a crazy night for me. <sighs> um, all right, so finally, in in another recommendation, I finally got my copy of Putting It Together. Yay! Yeah. There was an article that was released today for Rolling Stone by my friend Mark Pikert, and it talks about putting it together. It takes theater lovers behind the scenes, blah, blah, blah. It tells you about the book that you should just own anyways. Uh, But I really appreciated that he got to write for them. And so I think it's his first Rolling Stone byline. So hello. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And don't forget about our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at It's Grace Aki. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. Thank you guys so much. We will see you tomorrow. (laughs) 